is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve. You reach my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is August 12th, 2021. It's currently 3.22 a.m. on a Thursday morning. You know, I just got through uh, watching this uh, HBO Max uh, episode, actually series. Uh, I've been watching it for the past month or so. It's called Generation Hustle. Man, great series. Really good series. I loved it. Uh, If you don't have HBO Max, you should get it. I really think it's the best streaming, I guess, app out there for your cell phone, for your television. It's great. You know, a lot of the the programming on there I don't agree with, but they make pretty good documentaries, even if I don't agree wholeheartedly with their, um, I guess, their subject. Um, They have some specials on there, which I will not take a look at because it will just trigger me. I know that. Uh, but I do like their their selection of movies. Uh, the, if you love the DC Universe, um, which I am a fan of, I still think I like the MCU Universe a lot better. Uh, but the DC Universe, they have all the movies. They have all. They even have the, some of the cartoons out there. So I love the old Batman, the Batman cartoons. The do they have any other DC things? Wonder Woman. I think the the Justice League uh, cartoons. It's pretty cool. Anyway. I think it's the best streaming app out there. So, you know, what is the meat of this podcast about? Well, it's going to be about this dude called uh, Ian Bick. And uh, Ian Bick was featured on HBO Max's Generation Hustle. And uh, like all of the other episodes in there, um, he is considered a con artist. And uh, I kind of have to disagree with their assumption right there. I don't think uh, this young kid is actually a con artist. The others, they're definitely cons. This kid, absolutely not. And I'll give you my reasons why after, when I get back from the commercial break, of course. But, you know, before we get into the meat of anything, right? (laughs) There's always the appetizers. So I need to talk about other things. So right now you're going to get the appetizers before I get to the meat, the main course. So, (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> now that we're talking about cons, you got me on that subject now. Uh, the state of Hawaii yesterday reported uh, 472 new COVID cases um, and two additional fatalities. Okay, that sounds like a lot of cases. But here's the con. Like I told you before, positive PCR tests, first of all, number one, they're not accurate. Number two, though, they're, they are including probable cases into this, into this 472, uh, you know, I guess, new cases, new COVID-19 cases. What percentage of these are probable? That, so they're not telling us that, right? Last I checked, before they went to this new system, it was close to 50%. This is not honest, and they've just polluted the whole data pool. But here's the thing, which really pisses me off. Here comes our lieutenant governor and also all of our politicians. They're saying now we have a positivity rate of 7.45%. And they're counting the probable cases. So again, what is a probable case? Just in case you don't know. So just imagine you go to a party and you're at that party with someone who's infected with COVID. Now, there's maybe about 50 people at this party. And now you're contacted by contact tracers. The contact tracers will ask you, do you have any symptoms of COVID? And you say no. 
So you wait to be tested. And they'll say, no, there's no need to be tested. We're just going to assume that you're positive. And if you get any symptoms within the next couple of weeks, within 10 days, then maybe we'll test you then. <laughs> so you're automatically assumed that you're positive, And now you have to quarantine. What happens if you take a test? What happens if you go to the hospital? And, and take a PCR test to prove that you're negative. Well, the state won't accept that. You're still positive to them, even though you tested negative. What happens if you're vaccinated and you test negative? The state will still consider you positive. So stay home. Don't collect any unemployment, by the way, because maybe your, your, your employer doesn't pay it. You just have to sit over there at home. You're just there to help push a narrative. Now, how do I know this is true? Because... A friend of a friend of a friend of mine is quarantined for 10 days. They're vaccinated. They have, you know, they, they just attended a party where there was someone who they didn't even know who was actually somewhat positive, And even that person may not be positive. So they tested positive because he knew someone who was, it, it, it's so ludicrous. We know that the Delta variant is a lot more contagious. I'm not going to argue those facts. Um, I'm not going to even argue that so a lot of people who you know, should get vaccinated. I'm not going to argue the fact that a lot of people should not get vaccinated. because, And, and I'm not going to argue the fact that there's people out there who should not get vaccinated, which is include people who are already infected, um, who have uh, or infected and recovered, uh, maybe some pregnant women, and the kids. The kids should not be vaccinated with these experimental drugs. Now, I took the experimental drug. I took the risk. And there's people out there who are getting some different side effects. Even though it's rare, they're still getting it. Like Bell's palsy. Like part of their face is actually getting paralyzed. And now they can trace it to the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine. Okay? Why is that happening? They don't know. But for some reason, it does it to a certain amount of people. It, there's not a lot. It's still very rare. And it may not be, you know, it may not be caused by, but right now they're saying that there's a higher, there's, there's maybe a three, three times higher chance you may get Bell palsy out there than if you didn't take the vaccine. That's when half of your, your, half of your face gets paralyzed as though you had a stroke. Now, the majority of people who have Bell palsy their, their face returns to, to normal within about, you know, a few months. I had a friend of mine, you know, she had Bell palsy and, uh, you know, it lasted for about a month. This is way before the, the vaccine, way before COVID, all right? And she got it when she was in her 20s. You know, we're a lot younger back then. But uh, it happens, you know, and it's, uh, it is a rare type of, you know, uh, I guess, thing that goes on. Uh, but... You know, it, it may it may just be that these people got it, but you know, it, it it's happening a little bit more now. The the question I have right now is why is the state um, lying? And I think the state just wants to everyone to get vaxxed. They want to push the fear of needles into people because they want again they want people to get jabbed. I don't think that's right, and are it's a huge con. And I think on season two of Generation Hustle, uh, they should feature some of our, our, of our politicians. Uh, they should feature Dr. Fauci, which is a really big con. 
I mean, he already said he lied about the mask, right? Because he was he was scared because all of the N95s were being bought out by regular people, right? So he was scared about that. And he lied about masks being effective. And then he kept switching back and forth about masks being effective. And the CDC keeps switching back and forth between masks being very effective or not. And right now, I'll tell you this, the truth, honest truth. I tried to find, I tried to find um, uh, studies that show that masks are very effective uh, against COVID. There's not one actual study that can prove that masks are effective against COVID. There is a study by the CDC that says that for the seasonal flu, masks are ineffective. So if masks are ineffective for the seasonal flu, how can they be effective for COVID? Because COVID is way more contagious than the seasonal flu, correct? And when they study COVID out there in a Petri dish, in a live atmosphere, where, it, you know, if it can get into the, the atmosphere out there, into the, I guess, if it can get into an aerosol form, it becomes very, very uh, I guess, contagious. When they study COVID in these laboratories, they're laboratory level four or fives, and this is when people are wearing the spacesuit. And that's the only time that COVID, you know, is safe to that person when he's wearing a damn freaking spacesuit. And even then, more than likely, it escaped the Wuhan lab, which was possibly level four or five. Now, there's, there are reports of it being level two, but it, but it could be level four or five. Oh, people. Jeez, what is going on? I mean, uh, I spent my entire young life writing fiction. I still write fiction right now for, for fun. You know, most of my writings I do now is for like websites and my own stuff and, uh, you know, just a lot of nonfiction. But there's so much fiction in the world right now. It just, it just really upsets me. Not, re not really upsets me. It just drives me nuts. I mean, right now, again, like, you know, people can't even tell whether whether or not you're a male or female they, they get scared of of asking you your simple gender or they get offended if you say well i think you know only females can have babies and you know the trans community all of a sudden will have their arms flaring you know left and right and the liberals will be all left and right really really upset because you think females can have babies <laughs> it's crazy right I mean, even now, in this world that we're living in, if you don't accept the fact or quote-unquote fact that whites are racist by nature, they're born racist, they're born evil, whites can't help it, there's something wrong with you. That's a whole fictional narrative. If you can't accept that Black Lives Matter cares about black lives, you're, there's something wrong with you. You yourself are racist, right? You know, it, it's so stupid. If you can't accept the fact that Michael Brown, you know, raised his hand and said, hands up, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot, and then the cop just shot him in the back, you're racist. When it's proven over and over and over, that didn't happen. Hands up, don't shoot, did not happen. That is 100% fiction. Black Lives Matter should be out there on Generation Hustle Season 2 because they're a con. They are a con. If Black Lives Mattered to the Black Lives Matter organization, where did all of the money, the billions of dollars that flowed in 
to this Black Lives Matter nonprofit corporation? Where did it go? Which community did it go into of the black lives to help all these kids get off the streets? I mean, I think the black community does have a problem with gangs, with father, you know, with fathers. There's so many black people that I know who grow up without a father. It's so sad. It's so sad. You need a good father. You need a good mother and a good father. You need that family nucleus to grow up okay. And the black community is plagued with either bad parents or or you have or or without a father. You just have the mothers raising them. And sometimes you just have the grandmothers raising these kids. And it never used to be like that. And where do these kids find love? The gangs. The gangs. It's sad. It's really sad. But we had this opportunity, again, with George Floyd. Black Lives Matter comes down here. Okay, everyone says, okay. We can kind of see something may have happened here. Even though I don't believe it for what it is, right? There's something more to that. But again, they did raise a lot of money. So open up those pocketbooks right there, America, and give Black Lives Matter money. That's what they all said. A lot of people did that. Where'd all the money go? Where did all the money go? Well, the money flowed to one of the founders, and she bought four or five houses, million-dollar homes. You know? Talk about con. Hmm. Oh, people. People, people, people. Where do we go from here? Oh. Well, to change the subject right now, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shift gears right now. You know, I was, I was doing a little research here uh, about my podcast, about how to gain an audience and how to, you know, be a better podcaster or something like that. Because, you know, I, I think it's something maybe I should take a little ser- more serious. And I started to notice one thing that how my podcast is kind of different from all of the other podcasts. Uh, for the most part, my podcast is just me talking to you. It's like I'm, you know, I'm doing a radio show. It's like I'm Rush Limbaugh or Michael Savage or Glenn Beck or something like that. But even Glenn Beck has other people in the studio. I'm kind of more like Michael Savage or, or even Rush Limbaugh where I'm just talking to you, the audience. I don't have guests. In fact, I don't even, even have callers that call in. That, I think, would be pretty cool because I would love to talk to some of you. I got to figure out how to do that. Um, but right now, I'm just talking. I have my cell phone on my desk, and I'm just talking over it. That's all I'm doing. I have no special equipment, no nothing. Um, that's it. And I'm just talking to you as though we're having barbecue, and I'm pretending that we're just having a conversation, and I'm just sharing with you what's on my mind. And I have a lot to say, right? I have a lot to say. But apparently, the right way to do a podcast and to, I, I, and I guess to grow my podcast is to invite other people on here, you know, to talk with me. So, uh, you know, I put the feelers out there. I joined this other website and, and said, okay, that's great. I'll, I, I don't mind going on other people's shows. And, uh, but then again, you know, people can come on my show. It'd be pretty cool. But I don't want to become like other podcasts where they have you know, just other people, you know, talking to other people. I, I just don't want you to listen to this conversation. Um, I, I just don't. I, I just don't. I, I would rather just express my opinion directly to you. 
I mean, maybe that sounds a little bit egocentric, but that's, that's just the truth, people. That's just the truth. So I know I went off on a little, you know, it took a little like a curve on the road there. It took a little turn on the road there, but that's, that was just what was on my mind. So why don't we get to the meat of this whole entire podcast. I'm going to cut the commercial. And uh, again, you have to listen to the little anchor spot and you have to listen to me plug my wedding company. And right after that, we can go into this little kid, this dude, little dude, Ian Bick. Uh, His story is really interesting. Out of all of the Generation Hustle stories, I think his story is really, really interesting um, because the people who are involved with it... um, are, are uh, let's see, how can I say this? The antagonist is not Ian Beck. He is more of a, uh, he's kind of more like Deadpool. He's more like an anti-hero in a way, but I wouldn't even use the word hero. More, more like an anti-protagonist. So he has his own demons. He's not a perfect character, not at all. Um, the story of Ian Bick has yet to be fully written, all right? Because he's still young and he has still a lot more to grow as a, character as a person and i wish him the best but it's interesting the story is even more interesting because of the people who he hurt and the people who went after him all right so i'm gonna get in i'm gonna get into this right after i cut to this commercial Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. You know, I'm not sure if it was always like this when our parents were younger, but we are living in a world where there are liars everywhere, everywhere, and they're good liars too. I mean, could you imagine growing up as a young adult, you know, having trust issues, right? And now you're an adult, and where do you turn? Who do you trust? Oh my God. That's why you have so many paranoid Republicans, so many paranoid Democrats. You have have college professors turning young kids even more paranoid, saying, you can't trust anyone. You can't trust businesses. You can't trust your preacher. You can't trust, you know, even me, the guy who's podcasting, trying to tell you, you know, watch out. You can't trust him because he may be a liar. (laughs) My Lord. All right. I'm going to turn this down. We're going to get straight into the story of Ian Bick. So who is Ian Bick? Well, the first thing you need, you need to know about this kid is that he is a kid. Uh, right now, I think, hold on, right now, how old is he right now? As of April 14th, 2021, he's only 21 years old. And he's already served close to three months, not three months, I'm sorry, 36 months in prison. I think he was sentenced to 36 months in prison um, for a plethora of different, like, uh, I guess, uh, um, fraudulent schemes or, I guess, uh, charged with uh, defrauding investors. 
And uh, he is uh, guilty, I guess was found guilty, of defrauding investors of nearly $500,000. It's, it's pretty incredible. A 21-year-old did this, and then he got sentenced as an adult. I think he was sentenced when he was maybe uh, 18 or 19 years old. Really, really young. So um, Generation Hustle previewed him, and he's one of the only, one of the only um, quote-unquote scammers or con artists, right? Well, we're going to put con artists in quotes out there or scammers in quotes that decided to show up on camera. All of the others were um, filled in by actors. I think for the majority of them, I think there's maybe one more where the actual person, the actual scammer or con artist showed up on camera, but that was an actual con artist. So what did Ian Bick do? Well, when, when Ian Bick was younger, um, he decided to throw a party and, uh, well, he found out that he was pretty good at throwing parties. And he was never the popular kid in school, but he wanted to become popular. He, I mean, this guy was a, he looks really dorky. He's, when he was younger, he was not in shape. He had these very thick rim black glasses. Uh, you know, you could tell by the face, he was a little round, a little redhead, a little pasty white skin, and kind of short, pudgy guy. And like any kid, they want to be popular, right? Because that's, you want to fit in with the cool crowd. And he was not cool. Let's just make that very, very clear. And, um, you know, he also had a streak of doing, you know, things like getting in trouble with the law when he was younger, like, you know, you know uh, uh, I guess uh, firing off, you know, fireworks, you know, when you're not supposed to, of course, uh, you know, uh, I guess vandalizing some people's cars and everything. Just He's just a troublemaker, but at the same time, he was also a dork, right? He wasn't like in the high school football team. He wasn't dating the beauty queen. He was not in the popular club. So what happened is that you know, he started to throw these parties. And by throwing parties, he became very, very popular. Now, he lived in a very rich area. And uh, he started to um, branch out from, from uh, throwing these parties because for these parties that he threw... It would make him maybe $1,000 a piece. And then he said, well, why don't, if I, can I make a bigger party and make more money? And he ended up making a lot more money. And he's actually still in high school making about a few thousand dollars a month. It went to $5,000 a month. I think it even went to around $10,000 a month. Well, that's pretty good. Dar that's pretty darn good for someone in high school. Because when I was in high school, I was broke. I didn't make any money. I mean, I didn't even have a high school job. I mean, I worked for my parents, but... You know, they didn't pay me much. I think I got paid maybe $100 or $200 in the summer um, helping my dad work, you know, for his company. And, uh, but I didn't, you know, I, I never got paid that much at all. I didn't have jobs out there and I especially didn't make 10 grand a month. So, so he ends up getting himself, he ends up getting himself into, into concert promotion. And for any of you who actually promoted a concert, well, <laughs> That's like playing Russian roulette with your money, okay? Because anything can happen. So when you you start booking like big acts, for some reason they may they may not show up. Some people may not book them, but they're very expensive, and you know they may cost ten thousand, hundred thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars there, and you can lose a lot of money. And uh, you know I, I know I'm I know that because I'm speaking from experience. All right. So Ian, young Ian decides to get into concert promotion and he starts uh, booking these certain DJs. Well, unfortunately, these DJs didn't pan out the way he thought it would. Like one didn't show, uh, one, one didn't sell out, uh, you know, and it just kept snowballing. And all of a sudden he found himself into debt. 
Well, what did he do to get out of that debt? He got a loan from another person. And then he used that loan to pay off that debt. And then he, then he took that money and he used it to make more money. And he was pretty successful at doing that. But then, but what happened was that his ego grew larger and, and, um, he wanted to promote bigger events. And unfortunately, those events didn't pan out. So he found himself into bigger debt. And on top of that, he was taking some of that money, which he got from other investors, and he was spending it, I guess, on first class travel, um, expensive nights out in Vegas. Uh, and he ended up buying two jet skis, which were about 10 grand a piece. Um, he was being a stupid kid. He was being a stupid businessman. So everything snowballs. And this kid, um, he tries to get back into, uh, I guess, party promotion or concert promotion. But it's he still can't dig himself out of the hole. He ends up becoming in debt to like the wrong people, like not just not a bank, but gangsters and organized crime. Um, you know, things get really, really, really bad. And then his friends, unfortunately, the people who he borrowed from, most of them were his friends. So those friends end up going to the cops and then the IRS gets involved. And then all of a sudden you have the feds who get involved. And now the feds are, are breathing down his back and they're considering this kid, um, I guess a felon, and they're going to prosecute him as an adult for running a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> That's right there is... I don't agree with that, all right? That's not what a Ponzi scheme is. A Ponzi scheme is basically a pyramid scheme where your money doesn't flow down to anything, right? And it flows down to pay off other quote-unquote investors out there. And eventually, you know, every, you know, eventually it gets out of hand. That pyramid scheme gets out of hand and it just collapses like a, like a deck of cards. That's not what was happening here. This was a young kid who got, who tasted what it was like to make a lot of money. And he got overly ambitious. He made a lot of bad business decisions because again, he's only a freaking kid. He's a kid. He didn't go to business school. He didn't go to do any of, any of those things, right? He made mistakes. And then on top of that, his biggest mistake, number one is lying to his investors. Number two is spending money that he shouldn't have on personal equipment. Right, you can always spend money that you can't. You, you can always spend the profit. You can't spend money that is intended for you know products or services. You just can't do that. You you really really can't do that. If you do do that, then then you get into a lot of trouble. All right, financially. But that even then, if you do do that, that's not considered a Ponzi scheme. You're not really stealing at that point. You really, really, you really are not. Not when it comes into the business world, because that happens all the time. I mean, for example, a lot of these Silicon Valley companies out there, you know, they don't make a profit at all. And all of a sudden, you see them with nice homes and nice cars and everything like that, you know, jets flying back and forth. Where are they getting all their money from? It's not from selling a widget. It's from investor money. And you're, you, they basically raise a lot of capital, raise a lot of venture capital, right? Promising shares and everything. And it's a legitimate thing they're doing. They're not trying to defraud anyone. But at the same time, they're using that money to also pay their salaries. And the one, one thing wrong with what Ian Bick did is that he forgot to factor in his salary. Because if 
all he had to do to make this 100% legal is number one is to incorporate this business and number two is to pay himself a salary. And all what he had to do is pay himself that salary and stick within that salary. So, so for example, if he raised a million dollars and part of that million dollars went to paying his $100,000 a year salary and he bought jet skis with his salary, that would be fine. And that's what you have to do. Now, for my company, for my company, I do that. And on top of that, I do take, I make sure, you know, when I take, when I get a down payment from a couple, immediately I book all of my services, all of my, all of my wedding, uh, all of my vendors. And, and then I put aside money on the side. If I don't book them right away, I put money on the side to pay the vendor. So it goes into a trust fund. So I don't touch that. So when the wedding happens the year after, then I, then I get, I can pay them off with that money. Right, so you don't want to trust. You don't want to touch that. You don't really, really want to touch it, because if you touch it, when that wedding comes around next year for my company, right, and and again, these are big bills you got to pay, right, and you don't have the money, you are in deep trouble. And I have known some companies who have done this, where they spend the money that's supposed to go into a trust account, but um, even if they do. That's not a Ponzi scheme. That's not, that's just operating with no business sense. And this is what this kid did because he has no business sense. Absolutely not. I mean, you give this kid who's 18 years old, you know, $600,000 and you have adults, you have adults giving this kid like $20,000. What do you think he's going to do? He's an immature idiot. You don't, like, like what type of adult does that? I would never invest into a 19-year-old. I don't care how smart they are. You better tell me who the hell is the CEO of this company. How is it, I mean, how is it, like, like set up? What were, what were these adults doing, right? Okay. So it's not a Ponzi scheme. Amway is more of a Ponzi scheme than what he did. So the worst part about it is that these prosecutors... Um, go after him, and they start calling him out and labeling him, you know, I mean, comparing him to Bernie Madoff, which is just incredible because he is not, you know, running a, a multi-billion dollar, you know, scam where there, where, where he's uh, like, a, like a pyramid scheme. It's not, this is not even a pyramid scheme, not at all, right? Not even close to like the size of what Bernie Madoff did, right? And then this poor, a lady from the IRS Says he says he's money laundering. Well, because he's not paying taxes on on some of these things, right? Well, of course not, because he's a kid. He doesn't know how to pay taxes. He doesn't know all these different types of things. You know, the the company's not incorporated. Why isn't the company incorporated? Because he's a kid. He's a freaking kid. But they throw the book at him, and and his friends again. Who he he took a lot of money from his friends, right? This is the horrible thing about it. And they started to believe that, well, he took it on purpose, you know, with the purpose of defrauding them. Well, not really, not really, not at all. He, he made them money, but what happens was that he kept trying to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And he, you know, there, there's only, there, <laughs> he grew too big too fast. That's basically what it is, okay? So, and even myself as, on, as an entrepreneur, I know how big I can grow until I have to bring in help and to, to coach me to know, 
to figure out what to do next. Because, you know, for the life of me, I do not know how to run a billion dollar company or a public company, right? So I would have to bring in a CEO who could, you know, run it for me. And I would be the president and tell him, you know, exactly what my vision would be. But I would, I would hire out a CEO that, who, that would know what to do with it. For he, what he should have done, what Ian Bick should have done is that he should have, he should have got one of his friends, one of the fathers put in 20 grand, by the way. I think they put in 20 grand into to this 18-year-old kid. I think it was 17 years old when he put money into this kid. So that father, who, who was a business person, he's a businessman, should have been an angel investor and directed him on what to do. But no, he just puts, he just throw, writes a check to a 17-year-old. Like, really? Like, you almost, I'm almost telling myself, you deserve to lose that money because you, you're, you're so stupid. You're, you're dumb. You're completely stupid. So what do they do? So what does the Fed do? The IRS and this other, like, ambitious prosecutor who are just busy screenwriting. They're, 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 they're trying to build a case against, like, Ian, and they're, they're, they're making him out to be this horrible antagonist person who just wanted to defraud his friends and, and just like, you know, rip off everyone, lie, just lie and set up everything just so he can live a very luxurious lifestyle. That's not the truth. Not at all. He was just trying to be, you know, successful. And yes, he got a taste of like the good life for a very short time where he and his friends went out there for like a weekend or like maybe three months and then he spent a lot of that money, which they shouldn't have. And that was stupid because again, he's, seven, he's 18 or so, right? At this point when he spent it, he was around 18 years old. Uh, and um, But that's all he did. He just, he just was stupid. That's all. That's really all it was. I mean, he wanted to become the next millionaire, entrepreneur. And that's so easy to do. Million, million dollars these days, it's very, very easy to do, right? You know, to become a billionaire or a multimillionaire, then we're talking something large, right? But to become a millionaire, it's really a lot easier now than it was before. Because, you know, people just overpay for everything and, and inflation is just out of control. I mean, pretty soon, pretty soon, like, a bus fare would be a million dollars, I swear. Inflation is going to be really bad. So what do they do? What do the feds do to this young kid? They show up, because he's living with his parents, they show up at night with, <laughs> with a police SWAT team. You know, knock on the door, break into his house... With M16 guns, or is it AR-15? He said it was M16s. I have no idea what it is right there, right? But anyway, with he said it's M16s. And they're pointing at, at his parents, and they go into his room, handcuff him out there, and treat him as though he's just some type of criminal, this drug lord, like El Chapo, right? And, and they treat him as though he's going to, like, you know, you know, you know, shoot back with them. He has owns no guns. <laughs> Really? I mean, really? The feds know that this is a young kid who lives with his parents. The parents don't have any guns inside the house. You know, they, they, could just, they could have just went to his house and said, you know what? We're going to conduct a peaceful arrest. Your son's under arrest. No, they have to go in there and raid him. Right? With guns blazing. <laughs> Are you kidding me?
It's, it's incredible. So they prosecute this kid successfully. Well, not successfully. I think three of the counts against him were like uh, found, uh, he, he was found not guilty. But the rest he was found guilty. And he had to serve 36 months in prison and he got out of serving just 27. And now, hopefully, he's going to take this energy Take this as a very hard life lesson. He's only 21 years old now, right? And he's been to the top. He's been very low. And hopefully this is a very hard life lesson. And he can move forward in a positive direction. And I I pray for the best of him. Okay? Because he's so young, people can change. And he wasn't that bad of a guy to begin with, right? Of course, yes, he did defraud, you know, people like that. He did lose their money. But I tell you what, people, I'll just be very honest with you. When you invest your money, all right, you have to be kind of prepared to lose almost everything. You do. You do. When you buy a stock out there, you should be kind of prepared. I'm going to be losing almost everything, especially if you buy a very risky stock. If you trade in Bitcoin or anything like out there that's very, very volatile, you should be ready to lose all your money. So... You know, people are taking unnecessary risk because they have also dollar signs in their, in their eyeballs and they're depending. They're, that's all they're seeing. They're being fed this narrative and they have to be a lot smarter than this kid because this kid is not smart and you should not be investing into a kid. Now, of course, he, you know, he took money from his friends. That's not good, right? And, and then he should pay them all back. And, 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 and you can't get around that narrative, right? He shouldn't have done what he'd done. But at, at the same time, he made the money at the same time. In the beginning, he was buying things. He, they, were, they were investing into small concerts. They were making money off the small concerts. Then they took their money, reinvested into theirs, and then they got more money. And then, and then, and then he, they started to invest into headphones, like um, the, the uh, Dr. Beats headphones, they made money off that. They made money off selling iPhones as well. And then on top of that, they made money off selling fake Dr. Um, Dr. Dre Beats headphones. And, uh, and unfortunately, that, I think, may have contributed to why he, set, he served, uh, I guess, um, uh, I guess uh, some time in prison. I think so. I'm not sure. But they knew for a fact that he's only 17. He's only 17. Now, let me ask you this. You're an adult right now. You're 40 years old, 30 years old. I'm thinking most of my audiences right now that are between 35 and 45 years old. A 17-year-old all of a sudden is making a lot of money. He's going to open up another company. He says, hey, I need $20,000. Are you just going to sign a check and give him (laughs) $20,000? If you do, you deserve to... if you do, you deserve to lose every single penny of that. I, I, that's, that's just my opinion. And when you lose it, don't go after that 17-year-old kid because even if he ripped you off, you deserve to get ripped off. All right? In fact, I'll even tell you this. If a 40-year-old comes up to you and says, I need $20,000 to get myself over the top. I got this big deal and everything like that. And, and, you, and if you just whip out your checkbook and give that person $20,000... You deserve to lose $20,000, all right? Because you didn't do any of your homework. You're a dumb investor. And dumb investors, to me, in my opinion, 
deserve to lose their money because they're being an, they're like acting the fool. <laughs> they really are. They really are. Do your freaking homework. You know, I, I don't. I hate it when people come to me and they say they don't want to. They don't want to invest into the stock market because the stock market is like gambling. And they and they always tell me the story. They says, you know, I invested to the stock before stock market before, and I lost everything. I lost completely everything. So I asked, well, what stock did you invest in? Oh, there were these penny stocks. Oh, when they say that to me, is it the penny stocks really? <laughs> well, I, I tell them, well, you deserve to because you didn't do any homework on the widget that they were selling or the service they were selling and who the CEO was and the background of this, of the, what this company was. You just took someone's word for it. And whose word did you take? Oh, your friend, your quote-unquote friend, right, who owns the stock. And what did that friend do? He made you buy that penny stock more than likely. He probably, he probably holds some options on top of that. And then when you put in your 20 grand, it bumped up that call option for him. And then he flipped it like that. And he, he made twenty to $40,000. And when it, and when that penny flipped right back down, you made nothing. <laughs> you made nothing. You lost everything. Oh. Anyway. Well, that's the story of Ian. <laughs> now, I probably missed a few details here and there. I didn't tell it. I'm just repeating the story off the top of my head. Uh, again, you should take a look at um, this series uh, called Generation Hustle on HBO Max. I think it's on regular HBO. And I do believe if you have regular HBO, you also get HBO Max. You know, the funny thing about it is that I really never watched HBO before. I still don't. Um, but I watch HBO Max. I'm not sure why, why that is. So, and I still have a lot of shows. Do you know I have never watched Game of Thrones yet? And it looks like a really good show, but I have yet to watch it. So I'm going to like um, set apart some time to watch the Game of Thrones season. I'll probably, I'll, I'm not going to try to marathon it because it's a lot of seasons, but I'm going to take some time to watch it because it looks really, really, really good. Really good. All right, people, that's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed that story of Ian Bick. And again, if you don't have HBO Max, you better go out and get it. It's really good. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around. <laughs>